0: Hi, this is Scott Thompson. Welcome to the Scott Thompson Show podcast. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends, feel free to subscribe. Coming up on today's show, we learned that conservative leader Andrew Scheer has dual citizenship with America. Is that a bad thing? Are Andrew Scheer and Justin Trudeau hypocrites? We learn now the liberals have not one, but two campaign trails. Is that environmentally sound? And we head down south to discover what's happening in the White House. And not much has changed. It's all coming up on the Scott Thompson Show podcast. Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right. And within the last 24 hours, it has emerged that the leader of the conservative party has dual citizenship. Uh, meaning his, uh, his he shares citizenship with Canada and the United States. Uh, his father, I guess, an American uh, and when the kids were young took out citizenship, uh, dual citizenship for the kids. I'm guessing to go back and forth I, uh, from what I read, uh, the passport has uh, his passport has not been renewed as a U.S. C- citizenship as, uh, since he was a kid. To talk more about all of this, David Aiken is with us, Chief Political Correspondent, Global News. He is with us now. David, thanks for the time as always. Much appreciated. Yeah, no problem, Scott. What's uh, up? Uh, how is this a big deal? How big a deal is this?
1: Um, you know, this is always one of those sayings where we've never been in this place before. Much like with Justin Trudeau and his blackface experience, it was all new for everybody, voters and reporters included. I don't think it's as big a deal, uh, certainly as the blackface issues was for Trudeau. But I think there's an issue, uh, you know, for for everybody, like leaders on on, on all sides. Around hypocrisy, because of course the Conservative campaign right. is built around the theme Justin Trudeau is not as advertised, and as it turns out, uh, Andrew Scheer is, I guess, not as advertised as well. That we're, we're just learning now about dual citizenship. But here's the thing, and this is I just asked Scheer this very question just minutes ago. We're in uh, in North Toronto today. Um, and Scheer says this First of all, uh, millions of Canadians hold dual citizenship. It's a completely normal, natural thing to have happened. Scheer was born in Ottawa, but as you mentioned, he, he derived his American citizenship, uh, he gets it sort of automatically because his dad was a U.S.-born American citizen. So that's how he had it. But he's never, he, he's, and he's filed a tax return, as he's required to do under U.S. law every year. He's even registered for the draft. He has never voted in a U.S. election, and we wanted to know that about him. And he's taken steps to revoke his citizenship, which could take some time. Um, but when he's when asked, he's saying, don't you see this as being a bit hypocritical, that you're telling the other guy is not as advertised, and yet, you know, here you are? His point is, he never lied about it, that apparently his friends, his family all knew, colleagues apparently knew about it. Uh, this wasn't a secret. Uh, you know, if anybody asked, as we did, he's, yeah, sure, I'm an American citizen. Um, and he says, Justin Trudeau, on the other hand, lied about um, issues involving SNC-Lavalin, for example, and... He has the uh, Parliament's Ethics Commissioner's report to sort of prove his point on that one. So we have this back and forth between Liberals and Conservatives. Who's not as advertised? Who's hypocritical? Who's not telling the truth? and um, i think the end result may be a lot of voters are just going to start shaking their heads and we may see lower voter turnout on october 21st mm,
0: yeah more cynicism here's what andrew shear had to say about this no one's ever asked me before about it uh, like millions of canadians i have a, a, one of my parents was born in another country uh and uh, i met with
2: representatives from the embassy uh in august announced that i was renouncing my citizenship and have submitted the,
0: the paperwork to start that process David Aiken is with us, Chief Political Correspondent, Global News. Uh, David, uh, why is this coming out now? Was it as if he, uh, Andrew Shear was hiding this?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Globe and Mail was the first uh, outlet to report about this uh, citizenship. And um, the Globe was, didn't disclose its sources for how it learned about this. It, it, se- it would seem odd that uh, this was, as they say, opposition research. In other words, uh, Liberals, New Democrats, Greens. Uh, in other words, a political opponent of Andrew Shear would have placed this at this time in the campaign. There's better and more maximum effects you can have. So so who knows about that? And again, it, it seems to be one of these things that, in Shear's view, has been kind of hiding in plain sight. In that, again, if you'd asked apparently friends, family, colleagues, um, you know, does he hold dual citizenship? Uh, you know, this would have been out there. And, you know, the Sheer campaign, they're in Toronto to announce a, a, a major announcement on gun crime and gang crime and what to do about the opioid crisis. And you know this happens in an election that we'll be talking about that certainly today on, on GlobalNews.ca and on our Global National. But this also ends up being a bit of a focus because it goes to um, issues around uh, values, judgment, what we ought to be able to know about leaders.
0: Uh, is it a, a, an issue for a prime minister to hold dual citizenship? What are the laws around this? What are the rules?
1: It is perfectly okay to hold a dual citizenship. In fact. Uh, many prime ministers were, have been dual U.K. Um, and Canadian citizens. Of course, that would have been a normal thing in the early part of our history. Johnny MacDonald was born in Scotland, and most recently, John Turner. John Turner was born in the U.K. and would have held dual citizenship in both the U.K. and in Canada. Um, and there's lots and lots of parliamentarians uh, who hold, uh, you know, were born in other countries and would hold citizenship uh, occasionally in their birth country as well as Canada. So it's a there's no laws against it at all nothing nothing done the The hypocrisy argument though does come up again for shear's party because when uh Stephane Dion was running to be prime minister against Stephen Harper uh, Dion holds dual French and Canadian citizenship. He's a citizen of France as well as Canada and Stephen Harper at the time thought that was inappropriate and said so um, We know that Mikhail Jean was a citizen of France and Canada, and when she was about to be appointed governor general, Andrew Shear actually circulated basically a questionnaire to his constituents. Do, do you think this is appropriate? He says he was just asking opinions on it. So I guess at some point, if you're a prime minister, should you be uh, hold to citizenships? Uh, nobody's ever really decided on a rule about that. But it seems Thomas Mulcair. There's another one also, right. France and uh, and Canada. And Mulker had said that he would renounce he would have renounced the French citizenship had he become Prime Minister. And I think politically, that's probably a wise thing to do. And in fact, as we've we've heard, uh, Andrew Scheer is in the process of renouncing his American citizenship. Which I can point out, Scott, apparently is it is a complex process. It involves mm. a lot of paperwork, and he's got to be in-person meetings with uh, U.S. embassy officials, presumably up in Ottawa.
0: Is this resonating, David? Is it bad to be uh, dual citizenship with America? Is it bad to be seen as an American citizen if you're running in Canada? Or is it, as you said, just the hypocrisy of it?
1: You know, I always say that uh, there's a lot of different views Canadians have about our relationship with the United States. We do know that the current U.S. president is, broadly speaking, very unpopular with Canadians. But I think we've seen a lot of polls that say, you know, we're we're America's best friend and and we will be, you know, after Trump is gone and after Sheer and Trudeau are gone. We have a good relationship uh, with our American friends. So I think most Canadians would not say it's a problem to be a dual citizen. I think a lot of Canadians, and maybe this is my own opinion, but I think a lot of Canadians might say, yeah, when you get to be the prime minister, you got to pick a lane. And uh, the lane you may want to pick mm. is to say Canada, and that, in fact, is what Scheer is doing. So, you know, in that sense, it's, um, it's, an, it's, as I said at the beginning of our chat... It, this is an odd circumstance that we have rarely found ourselves in when we're covering a uh, uh, election for prime minister. You kind
0: of wonder if, you know, I'll wait and see if I get elected or not. Then I'll decide whether I give it up or not. Because at the end of the day, why would it uh, in, other, in any other situation not be an advantage for you? Yeah. And
1: so I guess and we asked Sheer about did he travel on the U.S. passport? No, he says. He, in fact, yeah. he didn't even get it renewed. He let it lapse. And so I guess the question would be, you know, I, I still really haven't heard a satisfactory answer from Shear and I asked him this just, you know, half an hour ago, why did you wait until August? Like, he's 40 years old. He's been an American citizen all his life. He would have had to register for the draft, and he did register for the draft, his campaign says. And at that point, wouldn't you said, listen, I'm really not committed to this American thing, and maybe I should take steps. I'm told that it's a significant fee. It could cost, I think, you know, up to a couple of thousand bucks um, to essentially process the paperwork to not being American, hmm. so maybe maybe that's it. But again, he didn't say that. I I really don't know why, and and maybe he wants to explain that. Trudeau, as I mentioned, you know, says yes, he should have fessed up and had a more of a full accounting on this. Of course, Trudeau's a bit compromised, uh, given the, the what, what has what has his past.
0: what has the liberal response been to this? What has the opposition response been?
1: Oh, well, they're absolutely, you know, throwing the same kind of mud at Shear that got thrown at Trudeau when we learned about blackface, which is you're not honest with Canadians. Uh, you got to fess up. What else don't we know? I'm seeing a lot of social media traffic, which is, you know, uh, Sheer hit his views on abortion. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this, yeah. camp, but yesterday, for yeah. those who didn't know... Shear actually used the words "I'm pro-life." Mm-hmm. Everyone in Ottawa covering him for the last decades knew that, but maybe many Canadians didn't. So he, he's saying, "I'm pro-life, but I'm not going to do anything about that. I'm not going to act on any abortion." But for Shear's detractors, the Liberals, etc., it's you know he hit his views on abortion. He hit his views about being a U.S. citizen. What else is Andrew Shear hiding? Right? He, you could just hear the attack you had rolling in.
0: Does that fall? Is that followed up, David? With uh, you know, this is for religious purposes. Obviously, I understand he's quite a religious guy.
1: Yeah, he is a religious guy. I mean, I don't know why you. I don't. I, I don't mean, know if he just came, religion if, or your faith.
0: If he just came out and said, "I'm pro life because you know I'm due to my religion and such," I understand he's a practicing Catholic. I mean, why? Why yeah. wouldn't that just let it sit? Because we respect religious rights anyway.
1: You know, for the conservatives managing this issue, and I know it's an issue they have been quote managing ever since two thousand four or six. Harper had to quote manage this issue. It's a defensive issue for them because uh, the polls show most Canadians. Though, though there's a broad variety of opinions among Canadians, it's 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 really not. I think pro or pro choice or pro life. It's really not a winner either way yeah. politically because a lot of Canadians are confident about this. But I think a lot of Canadians would you know just be upfront about where you are and that's fine sure Trudeau, or sure now has been Trudeau this morning was asked about this abortion thing and Trudeau said yes at one point I was uh, anti-abortion I was pro life my views have evolved and now he says uh he's uh, pro-choice and we do know of course that he has insisted that anybody who runs under the liberal banner must be pro-choice he will not sign a nomination form of a quote pro-life candidate sheer will of course because he is but it is conservative party policy. There's going to be no uh, change to the status quo on that issue.
0: David Aiken has been with us, chief political correspondent, Global News. Make sure you're watching Global News tonight at 5.30 and 6 for more on this and David's uh, tales from the campaign trail. David, as always, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. No problem. Have a great afternoon. You too. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Talking about Canadian politics, Canadian election. Obviously, in the last 24 hours, uh, it's come out that uh, uh, Andrew Scheer, Conservative Party leader, holds dual citizenship. I guess this is something that he's had since he's a kid, since he was a kid, since his uh, father was an American. Uh, hadn't updated his passport since then. Um, and sort of one of those things, I guess. Uh, and now that he, if, if I had U.S. citizenship, I don't think I'd be denouncing it. I'd think I'd be, th- I, I, I'd be looking at that as a, a bonus, no? Uh, it, or maybe being a dual citizen, uh, having dual citizenship with the uh, United States of America nowadays is a bad thing, <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's not looked at as an asset anymore. Uh, anyway, in the last uh, little while, it has come up that uh, he has, in fact, dual citizenship. He says he's going to get rid of it. Uh, I'd wait till after I, you know, see if I become prime minister or not. That being said, let's bring in Cheryl Collier, associate professor, political science, University of Water, or sorry, University of Windsor, University of Windsor, and is with us now. Cheryl, thanks for the time, much appreciated.
3: Oh, happy to do it, Scott.
0: So, uh, your thoughts on the latest revelations about U.S. citizenship. Let's start with that. Uh, does this make a difference? Does How does it have an impact?
3: Well, you know, my first reaction is no. Uh, <laughs> probably people watching this closely will make a difference, although... You know, at this point in the campaign, we are looking at uh, trying to kind of make a judgment about uh, the leaders. Do we like them? Do we trust them? These sorts of things. So for some people that are still trying to figure out people like uh, or leaders like Andrew Andrew Shearer, who this is his first election, a lot of people are trying to get to know him and and the party this this may have an impact on on how they're judging him particularly if you want to get deeper into the weeds here he was critical of this with uh, our former governor general michael jean who mm-hmm. had dual french uh, uh citizenship and he uh he thought that that was problematic uh and raised it and she renounced it before she actually became governor general so it's something in it's it's interesting to me that if you yourself have dual citizenship and then you you cast shade on people that also have dual citizenship, that you might not have dealt with it before you became leader or even after you became leader. If you look at, you know, he's had two years to deal with this. Mm -hmm. Um, And the party actually was a little critical of uh, both Stéphane Dion and uh, Tom Mulcair, also who had French uh, uh, citizenship, uh, dual French citizenship, uh, and it, that was because they were leaders. They weren't even prime ministers. So if you want to kind of purse this a little bit, there, there are, there is a little bit of, of, uh, I guess some questions you can ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, why would you, why would you be so critical in the past if you yourself had this? It, it's a little odd to me. And, and it's not like he's not reminded that he has this citizenship. He has to file tax returns. Uh, with the IRS uh, uh, every year, so it's not like he forgot. Mm. Um, I'm sure some people that might have been, might have the citizenship may not think about it, but for him, this is, uh, you know, when you're a dual U.S. citizen, you are are reminded. So there's a little bit of of something that uh, I would, you know, it would be interesting to add, to have a, a straight answer, uh, on, uh, I'm not sure if he's actually been giving those. He just said, you know, well, I didn't talk about it because no one asked me. And, uh, you know, my father's been very open about who he is. And, and it kind of a, very odd. It's almost like they forgot about it. It's, 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 it's interesting. Uh, but whether or not it makes a big difference, uh, I, I don't really know, uh, at, at this point, other than, as I'm saying, people are trying to weigh whether or not they, they, um, they can trust these, uh, these folks that they're going to be uh, voting for, um, and we do tend to get into that uh, that kind of uh, personality politics, and, and so mm. in that respect, maybe this, this will have a, a, a bit of uh, some legs for some people. So
0: this is less about the fact that he has dual citizenship, the fact that he was critical of others that did?
3: yeah I think so um i although as you were saying in your lead up there there's there may be some people out there that have a problem with this just early um uh, clearly, the conservatives thought that this was something. That they could question in the past, uh, you know, your loyalty to Canada. If you are a loyal Canadian and mm. uh, and uh, you know uh, you identify as Canadian, why wouldn't you be 100% Canadian? Uh, why would you have dual citizenship? Um, I suppose somebody thought that there was some value in tapping into that as a narrative. Um, so I think there may be some Canadians out there that might have some concerns about uh, somebody that wants to lead the country and uh, and will hold dual citizenship um I don't think it's a large proportion of the Canadian population but you're probably right there's probably are some people out there and maybe some people that have a visceral dislike of the US so they specifically are are not mm-hmm. happy with uh, with the fact that that's the country he holds dual citizenship with um I live in Windsor we're right on the border Yeah so, for your neck you know, of the
0: woods I mean that would be common would it not
3: It's very common yeah. uh and so this is not a not a thing uh I would think is going to resonate around here but uh how it plays out in other uh, other areas of the country, uh, there may be some uh, some people that have a problem with it. Sure,
0: uh, you talked about uh, it being um, American dual American citizenship. Does it matter if it's dual Ameri- uh, dual citizenship with America versus France? Uh,
3: you know, I don't know.
0: One being a border, uh, one being a border country. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't. I- would people perceive it better to be a uh, dual citizenship with the, with America I guess taking Donald Trump out of the conversation because they're because we share a border with them as opposed to France it's obviously across the pond
3: yeah it's interesting i wonder if people might think that there's a loyalty issue when when you when you negotiate with the uh the US uh yeah. Government and, of course, because of our location and and how reliant we are on the U.S. government for things like trade and defense and 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 what have you, it, people may find it more problematic because there's that question of uh, uh, I, and I'm sure it would come up. I, I I I it would be interesting to hear what Donald Trump would say if he was negotiating with Prime Minister Sheer and and he, he, from what I understand, he he filed for uh, to renounce his citizenship in August, um, and, uh, so he will, if he gets elected as, as prime minister, then he will probably still have it because there's a, unless it's on some kind of fast track, maybe they might do that because, because of his stature. I'm not sure, but, uh, it, it'll be, it would be interesting to have, to kind of hear that conversation. And, and for, uh, I would think for Trump, this would be something interesting for him to actually bring up in a, in a scrum or something. Uh, but I, I don't know if, if it is more problematic. I, I think it is all about, uh, you know, the way that c- the conservatives in the past have actually raised it is, is, is if you're Canadian, you're Canadian fully. And I think that's actually, uh, how Stephen Harper would, uh, when he used to be asked about this, how, how you know, if you look at me, I'm a full Canadian and proud of it. And mm. so that was, uh, there was this, uh, this kind of sense of, 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 um, of patriotism to your country that that they that they embrace and and maybe people will question that if you have dual citizenship.
0: Uh, what about the uh, you put this along with the creden- the uh, insurance credentials? Does that matter? Are these reasonably, uh, although they're not necessarily things that were disclosed, they're important, not important?
3: Um, it's interesting. Ah, uh, you know. It, again, it, it goes to character. Uh, are you being completely honest when you put your bio out there and, and say that you're, you're an insurance broker when you're actually not an insurance broker? It's interesting. I don't know why he didn't put career politician on there because he's been a politician from what I understand for 14 years and he was only in the insurance uh, industry for six months, I understand. Uh, but I don't think that resonates as much with, uh, potential voters. I don't think we're looking, or at least these days, we don't, we don't give a lot of people credit for being career politicians. But when I, if I'm elected at 25, I'm pretty much a career politician. Um, it, it's interesting that you want to identify yourself, you know, in your, your life beforehand as, as being a broker. I understand he also waited tables when he was in, uh, it was in uh, university. He probably was waiting tables longer than six months, so I'm not sure why he didn't that. As <laughs> good they, point yeah, he did um but uh it, it's interesting to think about the narratives that we use and when we w- the voters we're trying to attract do they want somebody that has some kind of private sector experience it's a good question um and particularly you know a broker of insurance somebody that sells insurance that that has a sense of a business background i suppose mm-hmm. um so maybe there's a there's value in the conservative party particularly that you have business acumen um um, but now we might some people might want to question that because really does he uh, that's a good question um, six months I've you know, I think I can think back of, of jobs. I've had uh, when I was in university for maybe six months uh and I don't think I would identify myself that way uh, on, a, on a resume. All
0: right. Let's talk about the two planes. Uh, also surfaced in the last little while that uh, Justin Trudeau is using two planes on his campaign uh, through his campaign travels. Uh, conservatives have one. NDP have one. Although the NDP got theirs late because I don't believe they had enough funds to rent theirs for longer than a month, the uh, campaign mm-hmm. a little longer than that. And <laughs> I was just talking to Michael Tobe and he was saying that uh, this isn't new, that apparently it was the same with the first election campaign. But again, this never came came forward, maybe because of uh, climate change more an issue now. I'm not sure. But your thoughts mm-hmm. on rocking the two planes through the campaign?
3: It, you know, it's not a good look. <laughs> if you're I'm if
0: trying you're, to think how you'd use two planes. Like, what can you, you know, my good, I mean, you got the press on there, but you've, it's still yeah. a big plane.
3: Apparently he has, I think he is uh, the way he described it is that he, he himself rides with the press. And then the other plane has his, his, uh, his, um, uh, you know, his team that goes ahead. So that plans things and sets things up. The fact that they need a whole plane by themselves is, is a good question. Um, I suppose he thought it gave him an advantage to scout, uh, have scouts and I don't know, uh, they have equipment. I'm, I'm not really sure why they need a whole plane. These are great questions. Why can't they fly commercially too? Uh, or, or do you know have a bus or or maybe ride the train like uh Elizabeth may does i'm not sure uh but it's it's i don't think it's a good look for somebody that wants to be seen as as uh, you know a, a keeper of the environment somebody that you can trust to actually uh, make those uh those um you know deep cuts that we need to to meet our climate targets it, it it's, it's a little bit, again, of that, do, do I really trust this person to be smart enough about how they're walking the walk of what they're saying? Um, and for some people, I think it will be, they'll, they'll raise some questions. I, I know he says that he has the Kerman offsets. Um, but that- you know,
0: someone showed someone uh, a listener sent me this in a, this analogy in regard to the carbon offsets and, and paying somebody to so you can pollute. Uh, mm. the, the listener wrote this in a note, and, and I'm paraphrasing here, something along the lines of "That's like me driving drunk, but making a donation to Mad."
3: Yeah, I, I think <laughs> that's not a bad analogy. Um, and, and and yeah, are you really going to? change the amount of of uh of accident because we can because afford drinking and driving exactly yeah. yeah
0: because we can afford two planes we're gonna have two planes and again sure. i I think I, I think especially prior to the campaign the fact that they had really really uh promoted uh climate change as being a pillar of their campaign to have this it, it does seem odd doesn't it
3: it does, and and you think about the photo ops he did with Greta Thunberg, uh, yeah. who herself actually made the arduous journey and it's it's not a fun journey to to get on a boat and come all the way over to North America as opposed to fly uh and uh, you know that squaring that circle doesn't really work I don't think um you you can't fly the flag of I'm I'm you know captain uh, uh environment at the same time that I'm doing this um and I I don't know if his uh yeah his excuses of how he's 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 uh, made that worthwhile works. It, it'll be interesting. I, I haven't seen uh, Trudeau or the the Liberal Party really kind of react to by saying, "Okay, we're not going to use that plane anymore because it almost that's my if, next that
0: would, that would yeah. be my next question, Cheryl. Like, what what happens if he almost if if now all of a sudden he dumps the second plane? Does that make yeah. it look worse?
3: Because it, clearly you know, he didn't it
0: need it in the first place.
3: Sure. Clearly, he wouldn't have. And why did you do it? Um, and it's interesting. I I wonder if he will do that. He doesn't back down a lot on things. I I've found that about this prime minister. He he usually doubles down on the on uh, taking the uh, you know the kind of the sanctimonious. I've already thought of this and. Here's what I'm doing, and I'm right. Uh, I, I, there's not a lot of backing down on things, um, and so it'll be interesting to see if he just dis- if he figures out a way to back down. I would if I was if I were him. Uh, I think it was a dumb move in the first place, personally, but. That's uh, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not advising the prime minister. So
0: apparently, <laughs> I will see. apparently, this isn't new. Are you surprised this is coming out now, or is it just because he has made you know the liberals have just made such a campaign out of climate change that all of a sudden this becomes another hypocrisy?
3: Yeah, I think so. I, I think it's it's the latter. Um, the and and our awareness too of flying is this this is kind of a new era of uh, of. Of what are you doing personally to to help the the environment? Uh, that, and this is a hard one for people, I think, especially if you're, you're flying transatlantically. I think that's what you know. With when you think about what Greta Thunberg did, uh, that this is quite. Um, quite extraordinary, and we don't see a lot of people doing this because it's it's not convenient. Um, but it it really does have a big impact on the environment. If if you can, uh, you know, if you can reduce your, your air travel, it's something that that we are now talking about. Our awareness of it is higher uh, now. And if you think about this campaign. What are the big issues here? The environment is one of them, and it is one of the areas that separates, or at least we think separates the Liberals uh, more from the Conservatives. There's a lot of things that there's not a lot lot of daylight between these two parties, but this one you can see some distinction. And then I think that's why this has come up during this campaign specifically, but it it does. It it does make you question the level of commitment.
0: Also, uh, to me, this feeds into the whole theory of privilege, which is the excuse Mm. he gave for the blackface. You know, I I was so privileged. I didn't know this was wrong. I was so privileged. I didn't know how offensive this was to other people. I'm so privileged. I'm not aware that if you have two planes, it's bad for the environment I mean again it just um, the the issues aside it just always sort of points to poor
3: judgment yes, it does and and uh, it it also points to a lack of understanding of yeah. the, a depth of understanding of the issue. two different worlds and, yeah yeah and and I think for for Trudeau the more this happens the more people start to question. You know, the, the, some of the things that the conservatives I think have been very good at raising is—is is, is he just posing? Is he does he really believe in these things? Now, I know a lot of his defenders will say, well, he's doing more than than other people have done. Okay, so I, at least we can go there and see and talk about those things. Well, but certainly talking fine. about it more. It was absolutely <laughs> talking about it for sure uh, but but if you if you want to trust and again it comes back to that trust if you want to trust that he's going to do the right thing later on it this might make you question it and especially if you're if you may be more predisposed to look at the NDP or the greens you know if you look at the NDP aside with their plane and and their, obviously they don't have the same amount of money as the, as the front runners uh, parties here but if you look at the greens but and the greens of course also don't uh, so this also <laughs> I don't know if the greens could afford a plane yeah. but uh, Elizabeth May has has always rode uh, ridden uh, the, the rails uh, for her uh, for her campaigning. Um, so that that really does kind of uh, walk the walk of, of the environment. Of, of of course she has to. That's that's the party. Uh, but at the same time, if that's what you care about, maybe you start to, to kind of you know look to those those alternatives.
0: It'll be fascinating to see if the second plane disappears between now and the election.
3: Oh, absolutely. Yes, it will.
0: Cheryl Collier has been with us, Associate Professor, Political Science, University of Windsor. Cheryl, fascinating discussion. Thanks for the time. Much appreciated.
3: Oh, uh, my pleasure.
0: You're listening to The Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Uh, We're going to go south of the border, and uh, in in case you uh, have been under a rock, um, there's an impeachment inquiry that has started down in the United States. Reason being, over the course of the summer, uh, as uh, Donald Trump does, he loves chatting with the world leaders. Loves, you know. <laughs> anyway, he, he's talking to the president of, the, uh, of Ukraine, and they're expecting some military aid to come down and help them out. And unfortunately, uh, it's being withheld. At that point, the prime minister or the uh, president uh, asks or alludes to the Ukraine president, allegedly that uh, you know, check start start digging up some dirt on on, on uh, Joe Biden and his son and their business dealings down there. Of course, uh, Joe Biden, the top contender for the gra- uh, Democrats taking on uh, the president for uh, in the election coming up next year in 2020. So you can't do that. You can't do that and um, you're not allowed to get a international uh, leader politician to interfere in your domestic affairs. And then there were some questions on whether he was holding up the military aid to the Ukraine until he he got what he wanted so uh then he said he was going to release uh not the actual transcripts of the call but a a memo about them basically explaining what happened and and this is going to exonerate him he thought you know like here we go i'll release the things release the hounds they'll tell you so he releases the documents the white house does and and the white and uh, I guess the opposition. Well, you can't do that. That's wrong. And anything, everything you've got written in there, that's that's all questionable. So uh, fascinating. All of a sudden, it's as if he didn't know what he was doing was wrong. He's doubling down on all of this, and now has even brought in. China into the discussion. To talk more about all of this, Reggie Giacchini is with us, Washington producer and correspondent with Global News. He's based in Washington. Make sure you're watching Global News tonight at 5.30 and 6 for more on all of this. Reggie, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Happy Friday. (laughs) Wow. I can hear hear it in your voice. Um, So give us an update on where the impeachment inquiry is at this stage.
2: Well, I mean, by the time I'm finished the sentence, it will probably be at a new stage. But for what we have right now is the uh, the impeachment inquiry continues as it is. We know there's some subpoenas that are supposed to be handed out to the White House today uh, in order for the House Oversight Committee to get some documents that are linked to this ongoing Ukraine scandal. And... Uh, it was just earlier this week the president had said that he would fully cooperate with all requests that are coming from the House for this investigation. Now that there's been a shift in tone on the Republican side who are trying to fight that the House Speaker went about this impeachment inquiry without putting it to a vote first, the president has now changed his tune and said, well, look, procedure wasn't followed. Now we're not going to pay attention to any of these requests. Uh, this, despite the fact the Constitution in the United States does not lay out a roadmap for how an impeachment needs to happen. There is no procedure written in the Constitution. This is uh, just another stonewalling effort by Republicans and the president.
0: So uh, the White House is now uh, have have changed their tune from willing to cooperate to are now formally objecting to this. This is basically what they are telling Congress is that, you know, you're not
2: following procedure, so we're simply not going to follow what the rules are. And it's just adding more fuel and fire and ammunition to the Democrats who are trying to go after the president.
0: Uh, So the the uh, the charges uh, of uh, violating procedure, do those stand up or because there is no procedure, they hold as much weight as the other?
2: Well, I mean, look, there's probably going to be some kind of court battle uh, that is filed by saying Democrats are trying to go after uh, executive privilege or grand jury testimonies, despite the fact that there's been no kind of formal vote on the floor. Uh, But there is going to be some constitutional challenge by saying, look, there is not really a roadmap for how to do this. Very few presidents have actually been impeached before.
0: So we kind of have to make this up as we go along because each case is different. So uh, obviously, uh, when President Trump uh, released the information in regard to the phone call with the Ukraine president, uh, he thought that would exonerate him. Instead, it has led to all of this now. And now he's saying he's bringing China into the mix. Explain this.
2: Well, I mean, yeah. So, at first off, we have to reiterate that the president's phone call with President Zelensky does not appear as perfect uh, as Trump says that it is. There are a lot of questions that still remain about what the motive was and whether or not that, you know, pressure was actually being put on Ukraine's president to open up these investigations, which we are now getting based on text messages that were released last night. But bringing China into this uh, is the president's looking at his his powers of the Oval Office that's laid out in the Constitution by saying, well, look, I have the ultimate and absolute right to be able to do this when he he very well may not have that because he's asking a foreign country to now investigate uh, what he says is corruption. But at the end of the day, is political based solely on the fact that this is about Joe Biden and maybe Elizabeth Warren, who happen to be the two leaders in the uh, uh, the contender for the election right now. So this, the president is making this about corruption. He's and potentially digging himself a further hole by asking a foreign government to get involved or potentially meddle with an upcoming election.
0: Uh, Donald Trump seems to be more agitated now than he normally does with these sorts of issues. Normally he loves the divisiveness. He thrives on this sort of thing. But we notice with the tweets and, and the BS tweet and such, it, is, is he a little bit more sensitive, a little bit more intense regarding all of this?
2: I think it is uh, probably the reality of the situation setting in that this is not the Russia investigation. This is not Robert Mueller's investigation, that there's actual uh, what appears to be more substantial and concrete evidence laid out not only in the hands of uh, the Democrats, but in a very short period of time laid out to the American public, where it's not, when the Russia investigation was happening, there was documents and subpoenas, and it was being handed off to district courts in New York and in Virginia, and it was difficult to follow the lines. These lines are are much uh, shorter, and they don't go very far, so it's easy to kind of follow along step by step right now, and we're hearing from uh, inside the White House that there is a bit of disarray going on, that people are fearing that the president is not understanding what the gravity of the situation is, uh, and that impeachment could very well happen.
0: Uh, Pelosi said initially way back when, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, something along the lines of he thought he was going to exonerate him with the exonerate himself with the release of this information. He didn't understand. She alluded that he didn't understand that what he was doing was wrong. Does that resonate? I mean, is this less about him and more that he's been caught not knowing that what he did was wrong?
2: Well, I mean, look, from the day that Donald Trump decided that he was going to run for president, people were, you know, fearing that you have somebody who, A, has no military background and B, no political background, isn't quite going to understand how the gears work inside Washington. And it's starting to show that the president thinks that he can take matters into his own hand and, you know ignore decades and centuries of precedent rule and law that have been in place in order to keep the government functioning and keep the country working forward, that he can kind of just do what he wants because he always calls himself a master deal maker and he understands how to have conversations and he knows how to get things done. But unfortunately, the president decided to take things in his own hand this time uh, and he potentially put not only national security at risk, but he put this election at risk. and, 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 you know, we're putting ourselves into a possible repeat of 2016 here going into 2020. And I think that's where Uh, There is some growing concern right now uh, in the American public inside the base of the people that support the president and even now within parts of the GOP.
0: Hmm. What uh, so what are the bases of his China allegations with Biden? How did this get to China?
2: Well, there are Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son had some business dealings with the Chinese government. And at a couple of times when the vice president was in office, uh, Hunter Biden is said to have tagged along and was kind of hitching a ride and doing some, uh, some work over there. And the president says that this is corrupt and that this is wrong and that he was basically using, uh, using his last name as Biden in order to walk away with, you know, hundreds and millions and, and billions of dollars. The problem is. That may have happened, but currently the president's daughter, who is a White House employee, is also uh, actively doing business in China. The president owns a number of hotels around the world that foreign leaders actively stay in and pay money into the Trump Foundation. And that phone call with President Zelensky, he name drops the fact that he just stayed at the Trump Hotel. So the president is 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 attempting to say that he is going to China to root out corruption of the Bidens, and ignoring the fact that the Trump name uh, is in the exact same situation mm. that he's trying to call out.
0: How is China reacting to being dragged into all this? Last question.
2: Well, they say that they're not quite going to be uh, getting as involved as the president would like them to. You have to remember as well, America is having a big trade issue with China, so there are a lot of other uh, conversations that are happening, and there are some people fearing, well, look, if the president's going after China right now, asking them to get involved in political matters, this could potentially be linked back to these trade talks and and uh, you know a, a non-quid pro quo, quid pro quo kind of situation, but they're trying to step back right now saying that they're not going to get fu- as fully invested into the procedure and process as the president would like them to.
0: All right, Reggie Giacchini has been with us, Washington producer and correspondent with Global News. Make sure you're watching Global News tonight at 530 and 6 for more on all of this. Reggie, thanks for the time as usual. Uh, thanks, have sorry. a great, Have a great weekend. Take care. <laughs> thanks. All right, let's bring in Paul Quirk, Department of Political Science, University of British Columbia. He is with us now. Paul, thank you for the time. Much appreciated. Thank you, Scott. Are you surprised with this sort of self-inflicted wound with the Ukraine president and the phone call and and publishing information that it, it, it looked like he didn't even know was going to he thought was going to exonerate him instead has uh, has implicated him even more. Are you surprised he's dragged China into this?
4: Uh, well, uh, yes and no. I mean, uh, the only uh, reason I would say no is that. Trump constantly surprises. There, there would have been no way to anticipate his doing that. But uh, the, there's a there's a kind of a random and uh, dis, uh, disconnected quality to a lot of his judgments. And, and uh, this is in that category.
0: He seems to be a little bit uh, a little bit hotter in regard to all this, a little bit more unhinged. Um, is that perhaps because it, it appears that he didn't understand that what he was doing was wrong?
4: Well, I think I think there's a sense uh, that the walls may be closing in it's, uh, on him, uh, getting more uh, more and more uh, desperate. You know, the the issue of his uh, connection with reality is really uh, something that needs to be considered. You know, the uh, call that he made to to Ukraine was a couple of days after uh, Robert Mueller's testimony in Congress, and The uh, Republican response to that testimony was to try to claim, this is quite an exaggeration, that Trump had been exonerated in uh, claims in allegations about collusion with Russia. He hadn't been exonerated. But then right after that, uh, he makes this call in which he attempts to collude with Ukraine in requesting Ukraine's assistance in an election. And he does it on a phone call with a lot of other people uh, listening to it. So it's really hard to see how he failed to recognize the the risks of that. Uh, and the other thing that is uh, kind of concerning about connection with reality is that part of what he's pushing uh, Ukraine to do is to check out um, a, a conspiracy theory that no one takes seriously—that the origins of the uh, uh, hacking into the Democratic uh, emails and interference with the election in 2016 had that the origins of that had been on Ukraine's part rather than Russia, and that it had been intended to help Democrats rather than Republicans. There are just mountains of evidence that this started with Republicans, uh, I mean, with uh, Russia trying to help uh, Trump. So uh, there really is some issue of to what extent he connects with what's going on.
0: Uh, And isn't further proof of all that the fact that he's bringing up China because he's basically bringing up China after being accused of doing the same sort of thing with the Ukraine? Yes. uh, He's telling the Ukraine to, to be involved and now he's publicly asking China to, very much the way he did with Russia in the emails back in the first campaign
4: yes well there is one other uh, angle to this which is that now you know i, I think the, the question of not understanding what was in the you know what the significance of that transcript was uh may be real but not but now uh, people are pointing out that this is essentially uh a confession you know uh and of an impeachable offense and his strategy at this point uh may be to do it in public uh, sufficiently to kind of convey the idea that, well, this can't be wrong, otherwise he wouldn't do it uh, in public. Wow.
0: Um, how can Donald Trump walk a fine line between the Ukraine and Russia? Uh,
4: well, uh, you mean on their, uh, in, in their conflict, he really would rather have Russia get its way uh, mm-hmm. in this, and it's, uh, this is part of the uh, much larger uh, tendency for... So does Trump. that
0: not make it odd, then, that he's having these conversations with the Ukraine president, considering he's so buddy-buddy with Putin? Uh,
4: well, in this, uh, he, he's also uh, pushing Ukraine to to make a deal with Russia, which they uh, apparently mm. are doing. Uh, so he is at the same time... You know, so there's a, there is a negotiation going on between Ukraine and Russia, and uh, he, so he's holding out Uh, holding back support but offering the possibility of military support for the war against Russia while also pushing Ukraine to be accommodating and indulgent of Russia in the positions that it takes. So that is indeed a uh, a kind of uh, (laughs) on both sides of the fence at once uh, position for him to be in on Russia uh
0: considering that all that's happened since uh Trump's inauguration is this impeachment inquiry could this is this a tipping point because it certainly seems that he this is the most agitated he's been
4: yes well it i it's it's now uh, i think completely clear that the house will uh adopt uh, or enact uh, articles of impeachment he will be impeached which means Something like, you know, that's parallel to an indictment and it's done by a majority of the House. That will that will happen. The uh, the and that was not clear until uh, until this Ukraine thing uh, developed, although uh, there was a good chance of it. But the uh, much harder question is whether he can be removed, which requires the uh, Hmm. support of 20 Republicans. And that would require a collapse of uh, Republican support. Now, I would say on the one hand, there there have been although there have been a few cracks of um, Republican in the Republican support for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, just recent, just a few minutes ago, um, Mitt Romney uh, tweeted, uh, "When the only American citizen President Trump singles out for China's investigation is his political opponent." Uh, it strains credulity to suggest that it's anything other than politically motivated. Mm. So that's that's one of the strongest uh, Republican uh, criticisms of this position.
0: Paul Quirk has been with us, Department of Political Science, University of British Columbia. Paul, thanks for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Thanks, Scott.